everybody. Hey, welcome to the Texans take. All right. All right. So today for wine, we have a, hold on, let's do it right. We have a, yeah, a double check. Yeah. A peen, how did you pronounce it? A pinot noir? Pinot noir. Pinot noir. We got ourselves another yellowtail wine here, a peanut noir with a big. Now, how did you actually say it? Because my my Texas, my Texas did not remember that in the bank. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna try to a say pinot, it. As... No, no, no ear. No, how did you say that? Noir. Noir. Okay, that's pinot noir. I don't even know if you're supposed to pronounce the R at the end or like pinot noir. Pinot noir. Like... Yeah, that's, you're probably right. Pinot yeah, noir. I'm gonna put on my absolute best, like over the top French. It's it a Pinot Noir. It is a Pinot Noir. Noir. <laughs> you gotta get that Noir. Pinot Noir. Uh, or Pinot Noir. Anyway, fluff. So, this is a Yellowtail wine. Um, this is our second Yellowtail that we tried? Third. Third Yellowtail that we tried. Um, <laughs> we like them. We started at the top. The second one was, you know, the first one was like, whoa, one of the best ones that we'd actually tried. It might have actually been the best. I think it was the best, yeah. The second one was like, oh, this is not bad, but it's kind of, you know, a little bit less. A little bit less. Now, mind you, we have two of their ones that we haven't tried yet, so keep that in mind. Right. We haven't tried their cab, and we have not tried uh, basically their red blend that they call the, the Rue. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm looking forward to that one. Um, but uh, this Pinot Noir... Or noir, or however it's pronounced, probably. It's probably noir. Noir. Well, here we um, can. Yeah, look it up. Find some French guy saying it. Oh, that would be good. Find a French guy saying it. Oh, that was pretty. Good. Um, but anyway, this is like so. We were like really good, and kind of okay, good, and then this is like not good at all. So this is. Uh, it's got still better than uh, apparently it's Italian, not French, by the way. Really? That's... Boy, you could uh you could uh you could uh What is up guys? Trinity here the fight. You in front of me makes wine videos, you have YouTube, yes, wine videos, and we are looking at how to pronounce the name of one of the most famous types of wines, one of the most famous types of grapes, a grape that originates from France, that uh, is oh, Pinot it's French grape. Noir. What is the typical the French Pinot pronunciation? Noir, yeah. Pinot, Pinot Noir. Noir. Pinot Noir. Note that the T at the end no, is Pinot, Pinot Noir. Noir. Pinot Noir. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Pinot Noir. So anyway, uh, had it. Sure. This wine is... Ugh. And that's not to say that Pinot Noir are bad, but this one in particular... Honestly, this is another one that I'd say let's pair it with... Uh, let's pair it with a... A, uh, you know, one of those... Things, yeah, like a Zevia, yeah. something that's got. In fact, I'm gonna, I'm gonna grab one. Yeah, actually, I wouldn't mind one too. So <laughs> while he's doing that, I'm gonna talk about the wine a little bit. So it doesn't have a whole lot of flavor. So if you read the back, I read the back. It says, "Yellowtail Pinot Noir, soft and velvety, with notes of cherries, red berries, and a hint of sweet spice." And I would say that that's about right. It's soft. Uh, I don't know about velvety. And the cherries and red berries and sweet spice, sure, I guess there's that too. Maybe. But, man, it's just so sour. When I first tried this wine, when I took a sip, I was like, did this go bad? But no, I think that's the way it's supposed to taste. Um, and so, let's see. Bitterness, 
is not very high at all. Mind you, however bitter or sweet it is, it's hard to tell because the flavor that is predominant is sourness. It's just like, it's just sour, really sour, uh, as far as wine goes anyway. And so the bitterness is like one. Uh, sweetness, what did we list for sweetness? It wasn't too high. Uh, like two? Yeah, it's like a two or two five or something sweetness. And um, the sourness is an eight, big time eight. And that is pretty much the only flavor that you can actually pick up is just so heavy sour. And so um, uh, between a one and a 10, Brig gave it a really high, generous rating of 2.7. Yeah. And uh, I gave it, what, a 2.5? Yeah. Yeah, not not too high. Oh, we'll drink it. We'll finish it. But mm, it's not. It'd be better if we had it. Not something. something that I would buy again. So by itself like this, um, Brig actually hit the nail on the head. I was kind of hoeing, uh, humming and hoeing a little bit. But um, he was saying it would probably pair well with some chicken or something like that. And he looked it up, and apparently that's what it's supposed to pair with. It's like chicken, fish. Chicken, fish, duck. Duck. Um, I was thinking maybe it'd pair well with like um, uh, some like chicken curry or curried chicken or something. I literally just switched those around. I'm brilliant. Um, but it listed pasta, so uh, he spot listed on pasta. there. Um, so anyway, as far as just a drinking wine, uh-uh. No. I'm gonna go with an O. Yeah. It is not a good table wine. No, it's uh, not. It was probably a good cooking wine. It would probably be good for cooking, um, just because it's got a strong sour flavor, and I'm sure that's useful somewhere. And we'll have to try some more Pinot Noirs to see if this is a standard for I, the it wine. Can't be. I've had Pinot Noirs before that were. I feel like good. I have two. Um, we'll have to try because I'm pretty sure. Um, pretty sure I've tried the Biltmore version of that. Uh-huh. Um, because I think I looked... Uh, the reason it doesn't surprise me with fish and stuff is I think I've gotten that a couple times uh, for Alyssa and I when we've gotten the sushi. Uh-huh. So I feel like I've had a couple different Pinot Noirs prior to this. I just do not put them in my wine rack. It's not something that I'm going to reach for first. If it's available, I would probably drink it, but yeah. it's not... It's not something that I would shelve my wine rack with unless it was a really good version. Right. But not a lot of red wines pair well with fish. I'm not a fan of white wines, which generally pair well with fish. Mm -hmm. So fish and chicken. I remember good. the one that I looked up. This is one of the like two red wines that it really pairs well with. Right. Uh, as far as you know, fish and, and, and chicken and stuff like that. So so it's basically bad white wine with red food coloring? Right. <laughs> Good white wine. Good white wine with, with food coloring. Okay. Ooh, I don't really like what, uh, white wine. I really food. don't. Yeah. yeah. I don't really care it's, for it I mean, it's straight up sugar in your gut as soon as you... I mean, it just doesn't... It doesn't... Yeah. Something about the grapes is different. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, there you go. Um, if y'all like a... A... Uh, a sour wine. Maybe this is your jam. Maybe this is where. I it's mean, it very well could be. If you like a sour you know, wine, then then this. Hey, is maybe this is worth just, trying. Maybe, maybe we're just full of beans and like don't know anything about wine. This is probably true. But um, 
there you have it. Pinot Noir, Yellowtail, and uh, we're going to cut it there, and we'll be back with the Word of God. We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. <laughs> Right. We are back. We're back. Boom. Okay, so in the last chapter, chapter 22, there's a lot of stuff going on in that chapter. Um, just going to hit the highlights, just like read out the highlights. So uh, Ahab defeats the Syrians. That's kind of a big deal. The Syrians are defeated again. That was another big deal. Ahab's treaty with Ben-Hadad. Um, and mind you, this is not a treaty that God cares for. So basically, God gave it to Ahab to get rid of this wicked um, Syrian king uh, in war. And Ahab let him go, or lost him, got out of his sights. Um, and so after that, uh, we have this caption here, Ahab condemned. Um, and we have the whole David story moment thing going on again, where some guy comes by and, uh, you know, tells, tells Ahab a little story. Uh, he gets himself... Uh, beat up. It's a prophet here. He gets himself beat up in the name of the Lord. Because that's always better. And, um, <clears throat> well, I mean, like, God told him to get beat up. Oh, okay. Yeah, I yeah. thought you were saying he said that. No, he did, actually. Actually, um, uh, it was, uh, what was it? I, I guess I was a certain man of the sons of the prophets way. came to the neighbor by the word of the Lord. Uh, oh, no. Now a certain man of the sons of prophets said to his neighbor, by the word of the Lord, strike me, please. Right. And the man refused to strike him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he said yeah. to him, you disobeyed, so lion going to eat you for lunch. Yeah. And Little it, man coon walks by, turns yeah, into a lion, exactly. eats him, and comes yeah, back down to yeah. a man coon. That's it. Um, so he found another guy, and the other guy gave him a square sucker punch right in the eye and blackened it. Uh, and so he put bandages on and then came to Ahab and was like, so remember that war that we just had? Ahab's like, yeah. He's like, <laughs> yeah. there was a dude that was put in my, you know, under my surveillance. And they told me if I lose him or if he died, yeah, if I lose him, if I lose sight of him, it's his life. It's my life for his life. Hmm. And King Ahab was like, yeah, about that. Sorry. It's as he said, you deserve to die. Because you lost him. And so, Prophet pulled the bandage off, and Ahab was like, oh no, you're a prophet, God darn it. And the prophet says, yeah, boy, you lost the king of Syria. He got out of your sight. Whoops. And God charged you to keep him in your sight. <coughs> so should have done that. Um <coughs> your life for his life, just as you said. <clears throat> and he was like, ah oh, shoot. <laughs> Bummer. Um 
Thus Next says the Lord. Think that out. Yeah. Thus says the Lord, because you have let slip out of your hand a man whom I appointed to utter destruction, therefore your life shall go for his life, and your people for his people. So the king of Israel went to the house of uh, uh, sullen and displeased, and came to Samaria. So, poor Ahab, not looking good for his future. Should have done what God said. Join the club. So, we're in chapter 21 now. First uh, Kings 21, ladies and gentlemen, we uh, bring to you the Duck Commander Faith and Family Bible, New King James Version. Uh, what have you done? I spilled a can and got a drop of Zevia on your computer. I'm pretty sure it'll short circuit the pad. Anyway. Um, Bad boy. Faith and Family Bible, New King James Version. We're in 1 Kings chapter 21, and the reading of the Lord's Word. The reading of the Lord's Word. I'll finish that statement. So, the reading of the Word of the Lord. Ah, that's it. Now, and it came to, and it came to pass after these things that Naboth, the Jezreelite, had a vineyard which was in Jezreel. Makes sense. He was a Jezreelite. Next to the place of Ahab, king of Samaria. So Ahab spoke to Naboth, saying, Give me your vineyard, that I might have it for a vegetable garden, because it is near, next to my house, and for it I will give you a vineyard better than it. Or if it seems good to you, I will give you its worth in money. So, basically, Ahab is in Jezreel, like, mm, yeah. Didn't like what God said, but mm, going to keep getting, going on with my life. And he sees Naboth's vineyard and is like, yo, son, that's a good parcel of land. I'd kind of like to buy it. So um, give it to me. Uh, and oh, it basically says, I want to buy it because it's next to my house. It's convenient. I can see it. Keep an eye on it. It's nice. Good, good bit of land. Um, and uh, for it, I will give you a vineyard better than it. So maybe something even better than that, which is funny because it's like, I want this. But I'm going to give you something better than it for it. I'm like, wait, what, what? If it's better than it, then why don't you have keep the one that's better than it? This one's convenient. I get it. Maybe. I don't know. Um, I guess it makes sense. Anyway, he says, I'll give you a vineyard better than it, or if it seems good to you, I will give you its worth in money. So I'll pay it, or I'll give you another vineyard better, th better than it. But Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid that I should give the inheritance of my fathers to you. Who? Yeah, it's like, dude. This is my parents' land. It's mine. I, Lord forbid that I give up what the Lord has given me by lineage of my parents. See, that was something that was very precious that we don't consider precious anymore. Right, right. So Ahab went into his house, sullen and displeased, because of the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him. For he had said, I will not give you the inheritance of my father's. And he lay down on his bed and turned away his face and would eat no food. What a child. It's like, yeah, he wouldn't give me that land. Why'd I wanted it? 
It's like, would you like something to eat, dear? No, I'm not hungry. Okay. Uh... Then Jezebel, his wife, said to him, You now exercise authority over Israel. Arise, eat food, and let your heart be cheerful. I will give you the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. And she wrote letters in Ahab's name, sealed them with his seal, and sent the letters to the elders and the nobles who were dwelling in the city with Naboth. She wrote in the letters, saying, Proclaim a feast, and seat Naboth with high honor among the people, and seat two men, scoundrels, before him, to bear witness against him, saying, You have have blasphemed God and the king. Then take him out and stone him, that he may die. Ooh, so Ahab over here. Is whining, crying, <laughs> whining, crying, and complaining that he, you know, didn't get that parcel of land that he really wanted. <clears throat> and so Jezebel, who is a well-known evil lady, generally whenever a pastor talks about evil women, Jezebel is on the list. Yeah, pretty much always. Pretty much always, like the top of the list. Like, like the source. Like actually, <laughs> yeah, the the sermon, the sermon content for that day is Jezebel. Um, <laughs> And, uh, um, anyway, so she cozies up to old Ahab and says, oh, honey, darling, I'll give you what you want. Look, you're the king, right? Yeah. Over all of Israel, right? Yeah. Okay, well, tell you what, we gonna get you what you want. And so... She writes letters in his name, seals them with his seal, sends them out to the elders, and basically says, hey, we're going to have a big feast. Wait, no, he doesn't say a feast. It actually says a big fast. It says proclaim a fast. Did I say feast before? You did, actually. And I, That's what I, was I thought I said. Yeah. yeah, it's a fast. It's not a feast. It's a fast. It's I was the wondering, but I was It's the like... opposite of a feast. <laughs> it's like instead of, let's eat a whole bunch of food. <laughs> let's, let's eat, eat no food. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so they proclaim a fast and seat Naboth with high honor among the people. And so they're going to put Naboth up there, give him a big chair. Everybody's cheering and giving him, you know, accolades. And um, and then we'll have some hired men go over there and say dirty things about him. And then we'll kill him. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, kind of mob stuff going on. You have that one guy going, can I do it yet? No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Can I do it yet? Yes. Kaboom, kaboom, kaboom. Uh, Anyway. Boss, how you want me to do it, man? How you want me to do it? (laughs) Take it easy. Take it easy. We'll get it. We get him. Stay a little bit of time, huh? Fine, but I want to do it. (laughs) Um, So the men of his city, the elders and nobles who were inhabitants of the city, did as Jezebel had sent to them. As it was written in the letters which she had sent to them, they proclaimed a fast, not a feast, uh, and seated Naboth with high honor among the people. And two men, scoundrels, came in and sat before them. And the scoundrels witnessed against him, saying, You are Naboth has blasphemed God and the king. 
and they took him outside the city and stoned him with stones, so that he died. Yeah. Yeah, that went down pretty quick. So, basically, just as Jezebel had planned. And they sent to Jezebel, saying, Naboth has been stoned and is dead. And it came to pass, when Jezebel heard that Naboth had been stoned and was dead, that Jezebel said to Ahab, Arise, take possession of the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite, which he refused to give you for money, for Naboth is not alive, but dead. So it was when Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, that Ahab got up and went down to take possession of the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. Wow, it's pretty dirty, pretty bad. Like, it's a good thing for a wife to be um, lucrative, to be profitable, to like go out and make a little extra money, yeah. you know, buy a little land. The Bible talks about, um, I want to say it's in Proverbs 31. Uh, we talk about a Proverbs 31 woman. Right. That every man, every Christian man wants. Um, and... So, in if I'm not mistaken, in Proverbs 31, it talks about all the qualities of, good, of a good wife, one of them being she saves money and buys land. Uh, Briggs looking it up right now. You find something like that? It might be in a different proverb or psalm or something, but I thought it was talking about that. You see it? Maybe not. Hold on. Let me look in the Proverbs. <clears throat> Hold on. A slight delay as I look up something in the word of the Lord. That's Psalms, not Proverbs. Yeah, here it is. Oh, good. Read it. She gets up when it's still dark and she provides food for her family and her portions of her servants. And her servants, girls. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. There it is. Which is interesting. Because she sets... It's not finished. Huh? She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong and for her task. She sees that her trading is profitable. And that her lamp does not go out at night. Wow. So this is like... <clears throat> this is like... Um, the reverse. It's like she does the same things, but not for glory and not for God, but for evil and for greed. Right. You know? And so it's perverse is what it is. It it's is. literally taking the good thing, the good qualities of woman um, that God blesses and taking and turning it on its head, yeah. doing everything for the wrong reason. Right? Um. And so, you know, she's providing a field for her family, just like Proverbs 31 says. But what is she doing? She's stealing it from somebody else and killing him in the process. Okay. Um, she plants a vineyard, right? Right. What is this field that they're buying? It's a vineyard. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, Naboth wants to turn it into a vegetable field, which, I mean, I'm guessing that he wants to like plant veggies instead of grapes. Um, but it is a vineyard. 
And so anyway, so she's doing all this work for Ahab. Oh, uh, let me finish my thought. She's doing all this work for Ahab and uh, providing for him, but in a backwards way. Right. You know, it's just evil and it's conniving. <clears throat> she kills somebody in the process and steals his land. Um, and so it's taking the Proverbs 31 woman and turning her on her head, um, which is really, I mean, the worst thing that you can do is take something amazing and wonderful that God gives us and pervert it. Well, and that's, and that's, I mean, honestly, that's what the Egyptians did too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they literally took, you know, the idea that there was this all powerful God and went, we have gods too. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it's the same perversion on a different level. Exactly. Exactly. Which is, it's what sin is. Sin is taking, you know, it's one of the definitions of sin, I suppose. It's taking good things that God has made and perverting them, using them for the wrong reasons, doing them for the wrong reasons, uh, for evil. Um, uh, the shorter catechism says that sin is any want of conformity unto a transgression of the law of God. So it's basically wanting to be apart from God, you know. Um, and it's kind of like taking a car that somebody gave you and then running him over with it, you know. <laughs> uh, it's it's backwards. It's pretty perverse. So anyway, we're going to take a break there and we'll be right back. We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. <laughs> Okay, so um, Jezebel, anti-Proverbs 31 woman, um, that happened. So, this next caption is not the prettiest thing in the world for Ahab. The Lord condemns Ahab. Oh, boy. Uh-huh. Which he was already <laughs> condemned before, but... I think we're going to hear it again. Here we go. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, Arise, go down to meet Ahab, king of Israel, who lives in Samaria. There he is in the vineyard of Naboth, where he has gone down to take possession of it. You shall speak to him, saying, Thus says the Lord, Have you murdered and also taken possession? And you shall speak to him, saying, Thus says the Lord, in the place where dogs lick the blood of Naboth, dogs shall lick your blood, even yours. Mm. So Ahab said to Elijah, Have you found me, O my enemy? And he, being Elijah, answered, I have found you, because you have sold yourself to do evil in the sight of the Lord. Behold, I will bring calamity on you. I will take away your prosperity and will cut off from Ahab every male in Israel, both bond and free. I will make your house like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and like the house of Baasha, the son of Ahijah, because of the provocation which you have provoked me to anger and made Israel sin. And concerning Jezebel, the Lord also spoke, saying, the dogs shall eat Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel. The dogs shall eat whoever belongs to Ahab 
and dies in the city. And the birds of the air shall eat whatever dies in the field. When God makes, when God curses you, you dead. It ain't going to be pretty. Um, so God bestows incredible, incredible blessings on a lot of people, you know, in the Bible. Right. Um, and in life, for that matter. But these people that he specifically spells out blessings for, man, you hear that and you're just like, dude, that's really nice. You know? Um, I mean, think about, you know, the blessing that he bestowed upon Abraham. Hey, see all those stars up there? Your generation, your seed, will be more than the stars in the sky. And, you know, uh... Abraham was at this point in his life where he's like, I don't really have a lot of kids at right. all. I need a son to send my line on, you know? And God's like, oh, don't you worry. I'll help you out. And, you know, eventually, uh, God sends Isaac. And that becomes uh, God's test of trust. Right. Uh, with Abraham. And anyway, so what a blessing that would have been. You know, um, think about, you know, just the emotions, the thoughts, the uh, the grace, the mercy, the love, the promise uh, going through Abraham's mind whenever he was walking back home with his son, right? Just after he almost tried to kill his son, right? You know, in God's name, because God told him to, you know. Right. Um, and uh, again, you know, uh, when God tells you to do something, you do it, and uh, you have trust and faith that God will fulfill any promises that He gives you, and so you know. With Abraham, God said, you know, God was plural when he said, y'all will go home after this day or something like that. I forget it exactly. And that told Abraham everything he needed to know. Oh, you'll be sacrificing your son, yes. But somehow your son will be resurrected. Right. Um, he didn't say that. It's not. It's what's, what's interesting is he didn't say that and he didn't even imply it. He did kind of. He did well, imply no, he it. Did, he, did. he just kind of gave... Abraham reassurance that it was going to be okay. He didn't right, really imply right. how it would be okay. No, he didn't imply how it would be okay. He just implied that it was going to be okay. And so Abraham, you know, you could assume that he, well, God's going to resurrect my son. You right. know, that's the only way this is going to well, be okay. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't say that it would be okay. I'm, I would, I would place a couple of dollars or a beer that, you know, he said, you know, basically, Y'all will return home or something. To right, that. he does. He does, yeah, and yeah, you yeah. will return. Yeah, but yeah, he yeah. never. He never says. I'm he gonna didn't say your... how that was going to. Yeah, no, you're right. You're he right. You're didn't right. say I'm going to resurrect your son. Yeah, you're gonna be yeah good. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what I'm he saying. Didn't say he that. didn't. He didn't imply say everything. That. But any yeah. any you know normal thinking person could assume that is one of two ways. I either one way God was going to provide yeah, a sacrifice, yeah. which and so Abraham trusted God, and you know. Again, God blessed his people yeah. through Abraham. And that is, that's not just a blessing. That's an honor. Wow. 
Um, and so anyway, God places some huge blessings and honors upon a lot of different people. And good for them. But when God curses somebody, whoo, oh, it's not going to be good. It's Never. not going to be good. And it will happen. I mean, look at David. David did, you know, for all intents and purposes, he kind of did the exact same thing that Jezebel did. You know, if you think about it. Granted, David had a... Um, he asked forgiveness. Right. Right. He was uh, ashamed of his sin after he was told of his sin. And, um, you know, he... David knew that he would have to pay the penalty and the price, but A, he was willing to pay the penalty and the price, and B... Um, he was, you know, on his knees begging for forgiveness and mercy. And you're not going to see that from Jezebel and yeah. Ahab. You know, it's like I keep telling a lot of people, you know, uh, there's a lot of, when you talk to somebody about what they believe biblically, you know, oftentimes it's like, well, you believe this and I believe this. It's like we're t in two different camps, you know. I don't believe that. If you are a Christian, if you believe that Christ died for your sins and right. that there's no way to heaven but through Christ, and that you're a sinner and you need a Savior, um, then you're part of the body of Christ, okay? And um, I don't think that you're in a different camp or in a different, you know... Uh, you know, I think that if you're a Christian, you're a Christian, okay? And lots of Christians believe many different things um, that are all not necessarily true. You know, it's a, a lot of the times it's how you interpret the Bible, and right. there's some things that differ. Uh, but seeing, you know, as long as the big, you know, Christ topics are uh, number one, you know, then I believe you're a Christian. Um and now I'm trying to remember where I was going with that. If you remember, let me know. Um, I think that was kind of all on you. I didn't remember. I didn't see where you were going with that in a direct. Uh, apparently, already, I forgot where I was going. Anyway. You had a couple different points, and you could have gone in a couple different directions. So asking me, it's like, oh, oh by the way, which show? Uh, right, right, right. Well, maybe some of our listeners I could have taken that a couple Facebook different say, ways. I think where you were going was, and I'll be like, a little bit late now, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh -huh. that's exactly what I was saying. Glad yeah, you understood. Yeah. Um, so good talk, good talk. I know, Left right? Up. But anyway, moving on. So, um, uh, we'll have to listen to the section again. God jog, will jog bless his, his people, and his blessings are great. I think I was going somewhere along with promises of God or something mm -hmm. like that. Probably. And David and his people and general Christian stuff is wonderful. Where Great. he does have promises to God. Or promises from God. Mm -hmm. Great. Moving on. <laughs> oh, good talk, ladies Good talk. All right. Stuart forgets where he was the, again. Uh, the Happens host has forgot what he was talking often. about. Well, man, when you have tangents as many And see, the I other host was just waiting on, like, a grabbing point. Right, right. Brandon's <laughs> over there like, well, I don't know where you're going to begin with, so I don't even know where to help, you know? 
like I, I could see this going a couple different ways, and it would just be my luck. I'd say something. He got no, not that way. <laughs> Wouldn't yeah. go in there. Like, well, what about this? No, no, no. <laughs> and I would hit everything except what you were actually trying to get to. Right, right. Uh, you're all part of the body of Christ if you're a Christian, and that's good, and that's awesome. There's four sides to a pyramid. Keep going. Yeah. Are there really? Well, there's four upright sides. To a four-sided pyramid? Mm-hmm. There's four upright sides. I see what you're saying. Right? <laughs> yes. Uh, if you want to look at the it the other way, there's five. It's not coming back. That's okay. <laughs> We're moving on. So. Um, we tried, folks. We tried. Well, I tried. and You tried to help and really couldn't because you had no idea where I was going. <laughs> That's good. Um. Arise, take possession of the vineyard. The Lord contends Ahab. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I'll bring calamity. When God brings calamity, it is terrible, y'all. Don't mm. bring it upon yourself. Uh, but like I was saying, um, David had a contrite um, heart, and he asked forgiveness. Ahab and Jezebel um, didn't. And so, oh, that's what I was saying before. I figured it out. Boom! Here it comes. God looks at the heart. If you're a Christian... If you're one of God's, God's looking at your heart, and he sees the heart. We can't see the heart, but God can. And uh, obviously, he knew the heart of David and a lot of these different people that he blesses. Um, and whatever sins that we commit in this life, um, that doesn't protect us necessarily from the sins. God might have us pay the penalty for it. Um, but that doesn't mean that we're not his. That means that we are his sons and daughters. And um, when your son or your daughter sins against you, uh, breaks something, does something they're not supposed to, talks back, talks back to their mom, anything like that, then they will be punished. I hope. If they're not punished, then they'll continue doing wrong, and that's bad. Um, they'll you know, get away with worse stuff in the future. But if they um, if they're your children, you'll punish them so that they'll learn because you love them. And so, just like David, David was a man after God's own heart. David was a you know a fantastic leader. He's God's chosen leader for his people during the time. Um, but even David fell in sin, had his guard down, his armor was off, um, and he sinned and God was like, wow, yeah, you're not going to like this, bro. <laughs> really bad punishment here. In fact, it's really going to suck. And I'm tell you now. Yeah. And David is like, Ooh, I'd rather not. And God was like, yeah, sorry. It's going to happen. Uh, it's going to happen. You know? Uh, because what she did was bad. Um, but God even spelled it out right there. I'm not going to kill you and you're still mine. Right. But son, you're going to pay it back. Think about like wrecking your dad's car. Okay. Ugh. And, you know, any father who enjoys his car. Let's all, let's all remember how we thought, how we felt deep down inside when we watched, uh, you know, Ferris Bueller throw the car out of the garage. Oof. 
<laughs> Let's all think about this moment. So, and the son's going, yeah, I'm just going to go to bed and die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, interesting story. Um, I forget, oh, were you a part of that movie? No, I forget what his name is. I think it was, uh, is something King is a friend of my dad. Skip King is a friend of my dad's. Um, whenever dad never skipped the King, whenever dad was a teenager, uh, King was one of the friends that um, is is a friend of dad's, but not one of dad's best friends. <laughs> not one right. of dad's favorite friends. For whatever reason, my grandmother, dad's mother, loved the guy. All of the friends that dad didn't really care for very much, his mom loved. And all the friends that dad was like, you know, this is my bro, you know, his mom didn't really care for much. <laughs> and so weird. anyway... Um, uh, this guy, uh, was driving his dad's, I want to say 1930-something special cord. A very rare, uh, very nice, very fancy, very modern car for its day. Uh, but it was old, right? And this was in, like, the 70s or something, uh, when the guy was driving it. And he totaled it. I mean, just, like, absolutely crushed it to pieces. Um... And his dad uh, was literally going to kill him. And so this guy uh, hid out at... I mean, they're only worth one hundred fifteen dollars to $215,000 right now. Yeah, well, there you go, you see? So anyway, this guy hid out well, this at one's for 55. my grandparents' house, at dad's parents' house, uh, for, I don't remember if it was days or weeks, but he, he hid out there and... Um, uh, he was fearing for his life. Um, so anyway, yeah. I'm sure that his dad wouldn't actually kill him. Maybe he would. I don't know. But. That's cool. Oh, yeah. Beautiful car. Um, post that to our fluff page. But when you destroy something of your father's, when you, um, you know, dishonor your father greatly. You're going to pay for it. Pay for it. If he's a good father, he'll make you pay for it. Um, and you're not going to like it. But you're still his. And that's where David was. Um, pretty sure 1930, that... He said it was a 1937? I said it was a 1930-something court. It might have been 37. It's a 1937 court. Oh, I think that's what it was. Yeah. Because your dad loves this car. Yeah. It's one yeah. of your dad's favorite cars. Yeah. Dad's favorite car is a 1953 Chevy Bel Air. Um, but I think he likes the Cord, too. The, maybe it is a 37. I'll have to I think it's a 37 Cord, because I think that's the first time I'd ever heard of the vehicle, was listening to your dad talk randomly yeah, one time. Was. He was probably talking about the exact same thing that I was. Yeah, well, no, he was just talking about, man, if I could just have one classic car, it'd probably be a, you know, a 30s Cord. And I'm going... What? A what? Yeah. And I'm a car guy. Right. So he hit me with something I had not heard of. He was like, look it up. They exist. Um, I'm looking it up. Okay. I got, it up. Yeah. I was just like, okay, well, uh, how do you spell that? And he's like, like a chord. Like T-O-R-D. Okay. How it sounds. Oh, okay. Well, I mean. Whatever you say. If I Mr. Mean, Curley, Curley. Whatever you say. Not Mr. believing him the whole time. I'm going, this cannot be real. Look it up. And I'm going, oh. 
you know what, I'm just going to go back and have another drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. it wasn't worth it now. It's like, uh, they yeah. do exist. And they're very good-looking vehicles. Right, right. Uh, apparently, from what your dad was saying, and I've never researched this, looked it up, but um, they were the, like, second vehicle to have suicide doors or something like that, which was considered super classy back then. Yeah. And they were cheaper than a Ford, which yeah. is not unheard of. I want to say it's also like a modern car, you know, had power windows. Right, that, I think like that's that. what you, yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the things your dad so, said. Hey, we're going to take, take a break, break we'll right, right here. And All right, we're, we're back. back. Okay. Um, all right, so let's see, where were we? Um, first question. What weighs more, a gallon of water or a gallon of butane? No, what weighs more? Hold on, let me think. A pound of water or a pound of butane? I'm so tempted to say butane. It is water? Yeah, water weighs more. What weighs more, a pound of water or a pound of butane? Only because I thought it was a trick question, I chose butane. Should I choose water? It's butane is lighter because it's a lighter fluid. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, that was, I didn't know we were having dad joke time. Wow. Okay. You were supposed to say they both weigh the same. They're both a pound. Well, I'm I'm sitting there. Yeah, I know. Like I know. it's a trick Man, question. There's got to be one of the there's, other. Yeah, right, right, there's right. got to be. I was I was immediately thinking. Okay, he's asking. This is a trick question. Don't corner yourself. Meanwhile, cornered myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't ask it very well because I kind of forgot something. But anyway, I oh no, you threw me off. I, I literally like, just read that. It's one of those. It's 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 um it's a meme. It's got Spock and Captain Kirk. And Captain Kirk says, which weighs more, a gallon of water or a gallon of butane? They would both weigh one gallon. Wrong! It's water. Butane is a lighter fluid. <laughs> which is actually kind of dumb because a gallon is not a measurement of weight. It's a measurement of volume. Mm. So saying what weighs more, a gallon of water or a gallon of butane, that's actually worded very wrong. So... Any of you sciencey guys out there, it'd be a pound of water, a pound of butane. Because again, a gallon is a volume. So a gallon of water would certainly weigh more than a gallon of butane because water's heavier than butane, right? They wouldn't weigh one gallon. Uh, sorry, that was me sciencing out, but it's true. Anyway, um, you're fired. Yeah, I'm fired. I'm <laughs> so fired. But that meme, I like what that meme is doing. But it was wrong, and I realized that after this. Uh, you know, anyway, doesn't matter. Moving on. Uh, I'm pretty sure God was saying bad things and mean things about Ahab. Not mean, but bad. Bad for Ahab because Ahab and his wife, evil peoples. Evil peoples. Um. So yeah, basically, God said that um, you peeps are going to die and going to be eaten by the dogs and your people are going to be eaten by the dogs and the people that are in the city are going to be eaten by the dogs and the people that are not in the city and are in the fields will be eaten by the birds because you're evil and that's what i do to evil people so uh, so ahab 
nope, I'm ahead of that. Uh, but there was no one like Ahab who sold himself to, to, to do wickedness in the sight of himself, uh, in the sight of the Lord, because Jezebel his wife stirred him up. And he behaved very abominably in following idols, according to all that the Amorites had done, whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. So it was when Ahab heard those words that he tore his clothes and put sackcloth on his body and fasted and lay in sackcloth and went about mourning. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite saying, See how Ahab has humbled himself before me? Because he has humbled himself before me, I will not bring calamity in his days. In the days of his son, I will bring the calamity on his house. Oh, I Ouch. forgot this chapter. Uh, there I was saying that Ahab is going to be, you know, you know, uh, he's not got a contrite heart and he's going to be, uh, um, you know, God's going to punish him because Ahab isn't going to repent of it or anything like that. I was very wrong and I apologize for that. Uh, let it be, let it be stated, let it be known that I was wrong earlier and that I forgot the contents of this chapter. So Ahab did actually ask forgiveness. He put himself in sackcloth and went around mourning and stuff like that. And God even said, hey, look at Ahab. He's humbling, he's humbling himself before me. Because he has humbled himself before me, I will not bring the calamity in his days. In the days of his son, I will bring the calamity on his house. Which is, again, that's... That's a blessing. It's a blessing. And it's basically what happened to David. Again, same deal. Just happened to David. Well, I say same deal. It's a little bit different, but ish. So the same David sinned and God David said, you know, I'm going to bring die. calamity on your house. Um, but because you are mine and you have repented and all that, it will not come on your son, but your son's son. You know, it'll come later down the line. You know, because David's son, you know, um, Solomon, he had it fantastic reign for the most part uh, except what he did to himself like i said for the most part but ahab here god's like oh he's repenting good for him he's humble before me okay well i'll bring the calamity on his son i'll leave him alone so that's what he's gonna do um Anybody that knows the story of Jezebel, though, knows that I don't think that she behaved this way. I'm pretty sure she was like, that fool. He's humbling himself before this god. Mm. And I, we all know that ends bad for Jezebel. But that's okay. Because she's Jezebel. But anyway, so Ahab actually spares himself anyway because he was humble you know he's like oh man um put on sackcloth and anyway well that's the end of chapter 21 uh forgive me for being a little disjointed today um but anyway there it is so what do you take from that brig Overall, it's uh, it's a direct relate. Uh, well, at least from what I see. I mean, you have 
in previous, you know, uh, people that we've studied, Solomon, David, you have this upright, righteous viewpoint. Mm-hmm. With uh, with Jezebel, you have the opposite. Yeah. You know, so this is kind of a contrast of sorts uh-huh. from what I see. You know, from righteousness to unrighteousness. Yeah. The contrast that we do see. At least as far as this chapter. But you also see, you know, the the object of which, you know, throughout the Bible it's an object. It's not just here. But the object of repentance would right. have. Yeah. You know, we see someone who obviously didn't stand in, uh, you know, in line with Jezebel and her thoughts, you know, but decided to repent. Which God favors, in which he did, and said... You know, we're not going to let this fall on you, but, you know, your sons will deal with with the punishment of this, which was the blessing that came to, you know, Ahab's repentance. Yeah. You know, this is, I think that's the lesson to take away is truthfully the the object of repentance. Yeah. And how God favors that over, you know, your unrighteousness, your pride, your self-indulgence. Yeah. Yeah. You know, these are not things that go unnoticed to right. God. Absolutely. And everybody sins, right? We all sin. We all fall short of the holiness of God. Um, and there's a price that has to be paid for all that, you know. And that's where Jesus comes in. Um, but in our lifetimes... I think that there's a lot of trouble. There's a lot of strife. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of issues that we deal with, um, whether mentally or physically or just relationship-wise or whatnot. Um, and it all stems, uh, not all of it, but a lot of it stems from sin, I think. You know, a lot of troubles that somebody has in their life repeatedly come from some sin that they're dealing with. Um, and even though they may be a Christian, born again, son of God, um, sin is still sin. When you think about the holiness of God, the Bible gives, you know, it talks deeply about how holy God is. You know, there's one of the things that you hear about biblically when something is repeated twice, it's pretty darn important. So if, if, if God is holy, the Bible is saying that he's holy. If the Bible says that God is holy, holy, the Bible is saying he's very, very holy. When the Bible says that he is holy, 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 which it does, then that means that he is the holiest of holy. Right. Think about the temple. You've got the holy place, the holy, holy place, and then you have the holy, holy, holy place, or the holiest of holies. Right? And so, basically, God is so perfect. He's so holy. He's got such a sense of justice that it doesn't matter how much or little you sin. It's still wicked evil and disgusting in the eyes of God. Right. Okay. 
And oftentimes we forget that. You know, these little just these little micro sins that we do. Right. For a God that is so holy, I could pull out some mathematical terms here, but I don't think I will. Uh, but for a God that's so holy, even that micro sin there is disgusting in his eyes. Right. You know. Uh, think about this is maybe a good example, maybe not. Um, you're eating a pie or a steak. Eh, let's go with pie. We're going with pie. So you're eating a pie, and it's this amazing chocolate, ooey, like chocolate. ooey, chocolate chippy with a little bit of, you know, um, oh, I don't know, espresso powder on top, cream uh, with an Oreo crust. Oh, so good. Mmm. And then this little, this little maggot crawls out of it. Mm. Now, it's just a little maggot. This guy's like maybe two millimeters long. You know, just an itty bitty little maggot. But he's in there like wriggling and wiggling around and eating your pie. Which is bad enough as it is. Okay, this is a big piece of pie, right? And that's an itty bitty little maggot. That's still going to do me in. Now, what are you going to do? Are you going to finish the pie? Just oh, yeah. like, the heck with the maggot. More protein. Most people would take that pie and toss it. Yeah. Okay. And then what do you think about that little maggot, you know, that ruined it all? You're not like, you know, ah, oh, it's nothing. No, it's like, that is just sick. That little devil is in there. Who knows what he's doing in there? That is just gross. It's turned my stomach. And I'm not even hungry anymore. Yep, I understand that thought. Think about just a small sin that we have in our life. You know, maybe it's lying to make ourselves look just a little bit better. Right. You know, maybe it's, maybe it's, you small know. Small in comparison. Yeah, it's just really small in comparison. You know, it's just, it doesn't, to us, it's like literally meaningless. But it, you know, it twists reality and it's it's a lie. It, it is a lie, you know. Um, and it's not for anything good. It's just, you know, just a selfish little lie. Right. When God sees that, think of that little lie, like a little weevil that's sticking its little wriggly head out of the, uh, out of your pie. You know, it doesn't matter how small that sin is. It is disgusting before a perfect God. No, you're right. Um, and so anyway, the, 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 the trials, the, um, the hard times that we go through in life that God gives us because of the sins we commit are well-deserved. Okay. Uh, it's well-deserved. And because we are God's people, because uh, we have a home everlasting that Christ promises in spite of our sin, or despite our sin, um, that doesn't mean that God won't um, put us through a little bit of uh, trying times because of the sins that we commit. Okay. Um, so, anyway, God's not above making you pay a little bit for your sins. You might be his, but he might actually ask something in return. 
And just like Ahab here, uh, it was just a great sin that he committed, you know, which basically just listening to his evil wife. Um, God stayed his punishment. Um, but it's going to come out in his next generation. Yeah. You know, so anyway, things to think about. Um, that's all we have for today. And uh, we will see y'all next Tuesday. And until then, adios. adios.